This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. People move to small towns because they think that it's going to be a nice place to raise their kids. It's going to be a lot easier. But I think now being a kid and a high school student, it's uh, fraught with so much anxiety that it's hard to get away from it. Students in Woodstock staged a walkout today that drew uh, attention to the youth suicide that is plaguing their town. Police in Woodstock say that five people age 19 and younger have killed themselves since the beginning of 2016 in what an official of the Canadian Mental Health Association is calling a suicide contagion. Mike McMahon is the executive of the Canadian Mental Health Association in Oxford County, and he's on the show now. Hi, Mr. McMahon. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm really glad to be here. Well, you know, it's such a such a sad topic to talk about, but it's a very important topic to draw attention to. You know, today was the first time many of us have heard the term suicide contagion used. So first of all, maybe you could uh, tell us exactly what that is. I um, I don't think I've used that term myself. However, uh, experts nationally uh, are uh, helping to inform us about um, the, the the high risk to youth in an environment like we have right now, where there have been youth suicides, and there is a discussion among our young people online uh, about youth suicide, and um, that discussion where it's not mitigated by uh, reasonable, calming, informed voices that can offer other viable options. Unfortunately, a youth who is uh, suffering, e- even if it's temporarily with a, with a crushing sadness, um, can look at suicide as a viable option compared to what they're currently experiencing, even though as adults we know how temporary those, uh, uh, those youthful um, um, feelings can be. So does it affect certain age groups differently, this idea of, you know, suicide as a contagion? Suicide is something that, you know, uh, will domino and spiral into, you know, other suicide attempts will influence, suicide attempt will influence another and another. Yes, yeah, so I think that the, um, the this, this comes down to, you know, the physiology of our young people and, mm-hmm. and the fact that the human brain doesn't fully develop until 25. Um, there's not a long-range planning aspect to a youth uh, to the youth brain so what what we have to do is um, as professionals and uh, adults and providers in the community is to remember that and know that we, when youth are finding out about um, suicide or when they are sad lonely and feeling depressed you know depression affects youth in the same rate that it affects adults it's really important that at the same time that they learn about those things that they're learning about what's available to help them and that those are the viable options they can turn to Rather than um, rather than looking at, at suicide as as uh, you know, unfortunately, the only thing that might help. Is this this seems like it's maybe a primarily a new phenomenon? Not the fact that you know, because I think everybody listening to this now uh, who's no longer a teen goes, "Whoa, you know, everybody." This the f- ridiculous thing about high school is no one fits in. Everybody thinks they fit in, or it looks like they're they're fitting in, but no one really fits in in high school. I mean, it's uh, it's a, it's a place where you're kind of discovering yourself, and as you say, your brain isn't fully formed. Your especially your judgment center at the frontal lobe. We know this, uh, but I wonder if this idea of uh, suicide as a contagion is a new phenomenon that is fueled by technology and the fact that you know you're talking about loneliness, but they're never truly alone anymore. Well, yeah, a couple of things there. Uh, youth suicide affects communities right across Canada. We are aware, um, um, and uh, I know that the provincial level, we're aware of, of communities, more than one in Ontario, including ours, that are experiencing a, a high rate of youth suicide um, in in the spring of 2016 here. So, so, so youth suicide 
and death by suicide is still the leading, second leading cause, sorry, of death uh, among our young people um, aged 10 to 25. So these, these stats haven't changed in a, in a real long time, and, um, and unfortunately youth suicide isn't as uncommon as we would like it to be. So when we talk about media and being alone, social media, in the case of what we're experiencing, it's, it's social media in our community has, you know, as you said, youth are always connected mm-hmm. socially through their social media. However, now communication about the tragedies amongst them um, is communicated back and forth between peer groups, between schools, at even for social media in our community, what would be an unprecedented level. Uh, and that message about what's happening to other teenagers, again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, without a mitigating message of the viable options for help that are available, messages of love, messages of hope, um, it really, for a vulnerable young person, then that becomes, uh, that puts the whole community at a greater, more elevated level of risk. And about, you know, being connected all the time and being alone, it is um, a paradox, perhaps. Mm-hmm. However, when we're ill, uh, you know, physically ill is what com- most commonly comes to mind. But when, when we're ill and we can be mentally ill, what's nothing can substitute for direct human contact and a direct human, uh, direct human support. So uh, social media, I don't think, or can be of little comfort uh, when we're ill. And um, I think that it's important for us to, uh, in our families, remember that. Uh, what, what can family and friends and schools and the public at large do to mitigate it? You're, you're talking about messages of hope, but, you know, I know that the Facebook uh, page has been set up for the kids in Woodstock so that they can go and find out that they're not alone. But, you know, what else can be done? Should we be discussing suicide with the young adults in a very open manner? I think that um, what we've um, what we've heard from our, the experts we're consulting, and I really, really listened closely to the experts that were consulted in the media last night, and the message appears to be, Adults, people who provide care, whether it's a peer, a neighbor, an aunt, an uncle, uh, people who are in professional positions, um, need to know what the, what resources are available and, and even themselves develop some comfort around talking about suicide so that if they're going to engage a young person in a conversation about suicide, um, the conversation has um, a focus on how, how we can get help rather than saying, let's talk about this more tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. really, if somebody's talking about suicide, it's time to get help today. Right. And, you know, you just brought up the idea of resources and the kids had a walkout because they feel that in Woodstock, there just aren't enough research uh, resources available to uh, kids. Is that what's going on in our small towns in Ontario? Are there just fewer resources that are accessible? I think in mental health and addictions, we we are constantly advocating um, for more resources to serve uh, our communities with mental health and addictions care. I think that the amazing opportunity we had today was to hear youth voice directly, and uh, and I think we've learned a few things. And one of those things we've learned is that where youth have said and said clearly that they don't feel that the resources are being provided to them directly, then if in a long-term, in creating a long-term suicide-safe community, we are going to need to include those youth voices that we heard today, even though in this short-term crisis period, we're focused on making sure our, our caregivers are, um, are informed and able to provide support. The long-term approach, really what we've heard, and the Facebook pages, I think, bring this up over and over, is that uh, youth need to advise um, folks like me about uh, how best to communicate with them if there are resources then then where are they and 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 the, if the Canadian Mental Health Association in Oxford County needs to do better uh, then I agree with them and and let's uh, let's start on that work long term 
You know, one of the things that I found very hopeful about the walkout today that was staged uh, by the students is it seems like there's a younger population that wants to get past the stigma associated with mental health issues. I agree with you. It really, you know, having been on the ground there, it really felt like if 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 we can take this approach as a group of young people who are still in high school, you know, what um, what an amazing opportunity this will be to have this group go through, um, you know, go through the next phase of their life and arrive in our communities and, and as raising families and uh, having the discussions that has been, have been so hard for other generations who are so deeply stigmatized um, around suicide, mental illness, and and illnesses of addiction. Um, that that the more comfort we can develop in our young people, then as they raise the next generation, hopefully in, in households around the in our county and across the country, this is something that's discussed at the kitchen table. Yeah, we have conversations. We take away the shame, and when the shame is gone, then the conversations freely flow, and we can get to the bottom of exactly what is uh, causing the problem of you know, uh, depression with someone, addiction with someone. Uh, You know, they're talking about the idea of maybe starting up a program in school. What would that look like, Mike? Well, I'm not not an educator and and I'm not part of the school board system. However, um, CMHA advocates for, and, you know, again, before we've experienced this crisis and, and we will continue to advocate for this, you know, training in mental health and, and how to care for your mental health in the same way that we care for our physical health, mm-hmm. not be relegated to assemblies and side conversations. That this is, um, I, you know, I think that the best example for me that comes to mind is the new uh, sex ed curriculum we have in Ontario. Amazing. It appeared to me to be a little bit controversial as it rolled out because of uh, stigma. So in the same way, um, you know, rolling out uh, meaningful mental health education to uh um, and the reminder that physical health includes mental health, you know, where we take attendance in schools is uh, is um, part of what's really important to us. Mike, it's been, uh, well, it's a tough day to talk to you, but it has been uh, enlightening, and I appreciate you joining us today on the show. The AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.